Hi, how are you, everybody? Good morning. Yeah. Hey, we even got a couple of 9 a.m. shout-outs this morning. I like it. Coffee has already kicked in. It's so good to see you this morning. Welcome to Westridge Church, where our mission is to lead people on a life-changing journey to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And we are striving for that every day. If you're a guest with us this morning, we want to welcome you, and we are so honored that you would come and be a part of worship today. As you were coming in, you received a ministry guide, and in that guide, there's a connection card. We'd love to ask you to fill that out, if you would, and to place that in the offering buckets when those are passed in just a few moments. And let us know how we can pray for you. We're not going to come bang on your door or call you unless you ask us to, And but we want to we wanna do anything we can to help get you connected on this life-changing journey that we're all a, a part of here. Well, this morning is the last morning of our prayer series. It's really today is the culmination of this series. And what we're going to do over the next few moments is we're going to recap and highlight some of the great learning, some of the great teaching that we've had over the last several weeks and, and add some new things in as well. And, and as we go, we're going to be inviting you to be a part of this service. We're going to be inviting you to be a part of some of these moments of prayer. And I want to just encourage you today, if you would, to just engage with your whole heart and to get fully involved in what God would have for you today. And uh, so I want to ask you, you're normally still standing for this, but I want to ask you to do something if we can. Would you just look at the person next to you right now, all right? Just look at them and say, you know what? I'll be praying for you today, and these are my church clothes. Well, this is going to be a little bit of a messy morning, but uh, what I, one of the things I've learned about being in the midst of ministry, especially when God's moving, is that sometimes God loves messy and gets involved in the messiness of the things that we do. We've been in a series over the last several weeks called The Lord's Prayer, and we just thought it would be good for us to have a prayer experience this morning, just to really take advantage of a lot of the elements that God has allowed us to be part of. And so this morning, we're going to be taking communion together as a church. We're going to have a time of prayer and anointing at some point in our service. Um, there's going to be a time for you to just have moments of reflection, times of prayer. And uh, what we want to do, as Paul mentioned a moment ago, is we want to take some time and recap a lot of what we've already taught. I don't know about you, but this has been not only a very powerful series, um, I think, for our church, but it's been a very challenging series, not only for many of you, but it's been a challenging series for me, uh, just really learning how to focus on the kingdom. And in week two of the series, we talked about just the focus. We talked about the focus of prayer. And Jesus taught us that when we speak to God in prayer, we have been given this wonderful privilege of, of addressing him as our father in heaven. And you say, how in the world did we get this unique privilege? Well, in John chapter one, verse 12, among many other verses where it addresses this topic. Jesus says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. In other words, we have the right to call on God as our Father because Jesus laid down his life for us to give us this right. He died in our place for our sins. He rose from the grave three days later to save us. He gave us eternal life. 
He did it to make us righteous in God's sight and to give us the right to be called the sons and daughters of God. So at that moment of salvation, this loving father, he adopted us. He adopted us in his family as his very own sons and daughters. We've been given the right to call God, not just father, but daddy. The word is Abba. In other words, that's how personal this relationship really is between us and our father. However, we need to remember that as we pray to our Father, we need to remember that He is incredibly holy. He's also just as powerful and as all-knowing as anything could possibly be. There's nothing that He does not know. There's nothing that He cannot do. In other words, He is our Dad that can do everything. He can do anything. Now listen, I don't want us to miss out on this incredible privilege we've been given. And I want you to think about this for a moment. This very same God who created everything that we see, everything that we can't see, and who is holding the universe together at this very moment, this very same God that, that whose very presence, according to the prophet Isaiah, causes the angels to hide their faces and to hide their feet with wings because they can't handle to, to look upon his glory. This very same God who, who, according to John in Revelations chapter 4, has eternal beings bowing down before his throne, casting their crowns at his feet. The same God who is so big, so transcendent, so holy, so set apart, so different, so different from us that our little brains cannot even begin to comprehend all that he is. Jesus says, this God, this very same God is the God who allows us to confidently approach him and to call him our father, our dad. And I, and I think about that and I go, what an honor, what a privilege. What an amazing privilege it is because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have been given the right to become and to be his children. We've been adopted in his family as his sons and daughters with the very same rights and the very same privileges as Jesus Christ. And so today as we worship and as we pray together, I want us all to be mindful and I want us to think as deeply as we can possibly think about the huge price that was paid on our behalf so that we could have this privilege. And we're going to have a time of communion together now as a family, as a church, to focus our attention on Jesus. We want to focus on all that he's done for us. We want to thank him in a huge way for just paving the way so that we could look to God the Father and we could call him Dad. We could have that, that very personal relationship with him. Now, when we take communion, I want to give just a couple of, um, of instructions. First of all, I want to ask all of our communion hosts, if you would, to come forward and to take your spots. There's going to be about 20 or so different places in the auditorium where you can take communion. And um, just as we take communion, I want to remind you that this is for those people who have, who have trusted Jesus Christ to be their Savior. Uh, some of you have children that are with you in, uh, in the auditorium at this moment. And folks, parents, we're going to leave that up to you. Uh, it's up to you. It's, it's your discretion whether or not you want to uh, allow your children at this moment to take communion. Sometimes when we have these lines, I watch parents who are kind of having a moment of coaching, a moment of just teaching. And uh, if you f- don't feel like your kids are, are at that place where they're able or ready to take communion or understand it, then that's totally up to you. Okay, We want to be an arm of what you're doing in your home. So at this very moment, we want to take communion. And as we do, I want you to bow your head. As we take communion, we are looking, we are not only looking ahead at the glorious return of Jesus, but we're looking back at all that Jesus has done for us, what he accomplished for us on the cross. 
so that we could at this very moment have this opportunity to come before him and to thank him. But we always, we're always, reminded, we're always uh, uh, remindful that when we do come to communion that it's an opportunity for us to make sure that our, our sins are confessed, that things are right between us and the Lord, that we never approach this table, these baskets, with known unconfessed sin in our hearts, known unforgiveness. And so let's just take a moment as a church and let's just make sure that things are right in our, in our hearts. It's a moment to also thank God for what he's accomplished on our behalf as we look back at the cross Jesus paved the way for us to have this privilege. And so let's take some time and do that. And when you are ready, we want you just to come up out of your seat. We want you to go to the nearest communion station. And here, here's how this is going to work. You're just going to take uh, a wafer, and you're just going to dip it into the cup. You don't, don't drink the cup. Just take the wafer and dip it into the cup, okay? And you can just go right back to your seat. So, Lord, we thank you for this honor and the privilege that we have to call you dad, to address you as our father. Lord, we realize, Lord, that you are so holy that the angels in heaven cannot even look upon your glory. Father, that there are, Lord, eternal beings that are casting crowns at your feet because of your holiness, because of the glory, the radiance, Lord, that that just your very being, Lord, just puts off. But at the same time, Father, it's so personal to us. Because of Jesus, Lord, you've given us the opportunity to call you Dad. But we want to come to this table, Lord, this moment. And we want to make sure that our hearts are right. That there's no, Lord, unconfessed sin. That there's no no unforgiveness in our hearts. So we take this moment as a church. Lord, in this moment, as we focus on the name, the glorious name, not only of Jesus, but as we think about the fact that we address you as our Father in heaven, we want to take a moment to have communion. So prepare our hearts right now and help us to act, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to to not only make things right with those around us, but more importantly, to make things right with you. In Jesus' name, amen. So when you're ready, you can come up out of your seat. And as you t- once you take communion, we want you to go right back to your seat because uh, we've got a lot more to go in our service this morning. As we've learned over the last several weeks, for the first time in the scriptures, we're invited to come to God Almighty as dad, as Pastor Brian taught us, as our father. Yet at the same time, his name is to be remembered as hallowed or holy. He's, he's more powerful. He's more awesome than we can comprehend. And when we focus the attention of our prayers on a loving and almighty father. He leads us to a place of trust where we can truly pray Your kingdom come, your will be done. To pray your kingdom come is to recognize that God's ultimate rule is only a matter of time. But Jesus adds the words on earth as it is in heaven to tell us that the kingdom of God is not holy in the future, but a present reality. So what does he mean by God's kingdom? God's kingdom is wherever he is currently ruling and reigning. So we ask and seek and knock for his kingdom to be established in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our businesses, and in our schools. When we have this 
kingdom mindset everywhere we go is filled with possibilities. Every day comes filled with opportunities to be a part of spreading the message of a God who is full of love and grace and not willing that any should be left out. When you get serious about praying and seeking first the kingdom of God to become a present reality, the Christian life can move from apathy to adventure. Because as you encounter people who believe that God is missing or is far off as as followers of Jesus, we take the opportunity to be his his representatives and to help usher in his presence into whatever situation we find ourselves in. It may be with the person you encounter at the gas station or the grocery store. It might be with the other parents you encounter at the park or, or at the library. But wherever you find yourself, daily praying for the kingdom of God to be a reality puts us in a state of readiness. And when you add the words, your will be done, to the words, your kingdom come, you are committing yourself to the full accomplishment of the will of God in your own personal life. In this teaching on prayer, Jesus' purpose is not to unlock the mystery of the will of God. He is teaching us that if we put his kingdom first, he will align our desires with his desires. There will be moments where though though we pray with all the earnestness and commitments in our hearts, that we will still feel like the will of God is unclear. But as we focus our lives on the holiness of our Heavenly Father and on putting His purposes and His kingdom before ours, at some point in the Christian's journey, our focus will move from asking, God, what is your will, to becoming God's will. And when we find our hearts directed toward becoming the person God wants us to be, we'll know that we have grown in faith and trust and will live our lives with a hope that is overflowing. Let that be the commitment of our hearts today. Very good. Out of Matthew chapter 6, about three weeks ago, we asked the question, how should we ask for things? And we answered that question by saying that when we have the right perspective, Jesus says that we should ask for everything. When we come to our Father, with our needs and our requests, that we need to have an attitude that says, Lord, here's how I want to live. I want to live to make your name holy. I want to live with a kingdom focus. And I want to live, Lord, so that my desires become, come before your desires or my desires. And once that's established, Jesus says, ask away. Go ahead and just ask for whatever it is that you want. Ask for daily provision. Ask that God would forgive us of our sins and forgive those that have sinned against us. Ask him to help us, uh, to guard us from temptation and to deliver us from sin or evil. And when you think about it, as we talked a few weeks ago, those three things pretty much cover everything in our lives. They cover body, they cover soul, and they cover spirit. They basically cover everything. Jesus says, when we align ourselves with God and his kingdom and his will, we're saying, Lord, I trust you to take care of all of the important areas of my life. In other words, as I focus my life on your kingdom, I am trusting that you will meet the needs that I have in every aspect of my kingdom. So let me ask you some questions this morning. What do you need from God in order to be about honoring his name? 
to be about living for his kingdom and about doing his will. I'm not asking you what you want this morning. I'm asking you, what do you need? What do you need to be about those three things? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, if you will seek my kingdom first, and he said, and my righteousness, he said, then all of these other things, he said, I'll take care of those things. I'll take care of your needs. And then when I ask you also, what sin do you need to confess to God? Where do you need forgiveness in your life so that you can be about his name, about his kingdom, and about his will? The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful, and he is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So who do you need to forgive this morning? Who haven't you yet forgiven? And are you willing to do that so that you can let the bitterness and the anger go so that your life can be truly about his name and his kingdom and his will? And is there some type of temptation or some type of sin that you're just that you're struggling with that's got just a, a hold on your life that is that that is keeping you from from being about his name, about his will and about his kingdom, about his desires? Where do you need to be rescued this morning? We want to give you an opportunity to pray about those things right now. And you can pray in your seat. You can take a moment if you'd like. You can come up and, and kneel down at these steps here in the front of the, the worship auditorium. Or we're going to be having folks um, set up all over the auditorium. I want to ask those folks if they would come right now. And we're going to be having a time of anointing and prayer. We want to use this altar, this, this stage. We want to use the entire auditorium as an opportunity for you to come. Some of you this morning, you are praying about a physical healing situation in your life. And you just need someone to pray over you and to anoint you with, with oil. Some of you are struggling, You're, you are just knee-deep into a temptation or a sin, and you're just, you feel like you're trapped, and right now you just need deliverance. You need someone to pray over you. You need someone just to, to speak words of, of deliverance over you this morning. And so I want us to bow our heads, and I want us to, to enter into a time of prayer. It's going to be a time of, of, of not only a time of healing, but it's going to be a time of cleansing. It's going to be a time of, of us aligning our hearts with God, as we've already been doing this morning. And so, Lord, as we come before you this morning, the book of James tells us that if anyone in, has an, an ailment in, our, in their lives, Lord, and it could be a physical ailment, it could be a spiritual ailment, it could be an emotional ailment, Lord, that we are to come before the elders and, the, and to ask to be prayed over. And so, Lord, this morning in a spirit of prayer and just uh, in a spirit, Lord, of just wanting to be just totally submitted to your presence and your power of our lives. We want to turn this whole house into a house of prayer. And I pray, Father, that we would feel the freedom to take advantage of this moment where we either get up out of our seats and we come and we we'll get prayed for or we just kneel down at our chairs or we just, Lord, bow, Lord, just put our head on the, on the rest in front of us, Lord, or we just bow our head just slightly before you. But Lord, let, let us, we want to turn this place, Lord, into just a moment where you can work in our lives and truly, Lord, that, that your will would be done in our hearts, that your kingdom would be first and foremost, our, your desires in front of our desires. And so, Lord, we invite people to come now into your presence and to either be anointed or, Lord, for people to kneel at the cross, Lord, so that we can put our, our temptations and our sins and our wants and our needs in front of you, Lord, so that you can make those Lord, align those with your kingdom and your will for our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you'd like to come and just be anointed right now, if you want to come and pray, we have the steps here.
And we want to just invite you to stand. If you have something in your life that's so heavy, just so, just burying you, and you just seem to, you can't seem to get beyond it, we have folks here that would just, would love to just pray over you and anoint you right now. So let's take a moment and do that. All that Jesus taught us to pray with confidence and that we can always trust in the power of prayer when our focus is on God's kingdom. We can have confidence in the power of prayer when we are totally dependent upon his power and we, we recognize that he is the one who gets all the glory. I think you probably hopefully realize that we love life change stories around here and I love the fact that last week we had a chance to look at uh, one of our own staff members and his wife and the, and the amazing life change story that they have experienced over the last several months but this morning i want us to get another picture of 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 what this confidence and power in prayer looks like so i want you to direct your attention to the screen for just a moment and i want you to check out this story of bill and ellen i'm bill johnson this is my wife ellen uh, we've been married for 16 years and uh, been through a lot of things in that 16 years we've had sickness in our family sickness in both sides uh 2002, I was diagnosed with dilated cardiomyopathy. Lost, lost our home there. Had to file bankruptcy. Uh, it was just, it was just total chaos on finances. But every time something would come up that we had to have the money, God would provide it. He'd, he'd, he'd make sure we had it. And uh, as the years progressed, we. Uh, the doctor's appointments became more frequent. Ellen had took a job with the state of Georgia to get us some insurance. I think the downfall, I went on a hog hunt and came back and I was just sick, sick. Went in for a biopsy or, and uh, when I woke up, I still had the, all the things hanging out of my neck. So I know I wasn't coming home. That was October 18th. They put me in ICU on the cardiac floor and told me I either got a heart or I'd have to stay there till I got a heart or till I passed. You have this life and on the turn of a dime, it, just, it changes. They had actually told Ellen to bring my dog to me. First and that's time. when I knew it was really getting to the end because I found that Emory had a policy that you know, you can't, they don't allow dogs in unless they just think it's. You're not gonna make it. Yeah. And she gets home. About an hour after she gets home, I place a phone call to her that they've got a heart. It was, it was a true miracle. He was going into the operating room, and I was just shaking. And I looked at him, and, and, and he knew I was scared, and he just looked at me, and I know that he believed this with all of his heart. He said, I will either wake up with a new body, or I will wake up with a new heart. You know, it was... It's, it's all God. You know, every, everything that happened was God. He done it for a reason. Without the prayer, we wouldn't have got through it. That's just it. I mean, we, we, had, to put it, we had to put it in God's hands. And, uh, you know, the doctors can take so much credit. God trained them doctors. You know, when they sent out the word that I was in the surgery now, <clears throat> it traveled as far as Ohio and Pennsylvania. We was having prayers sent from there. You know, and that wasn't family has people just know the other people in the church. And God you know, he just he took every step of it with us. 
So let's think about this for a moment. We are sons and daughters of the living God, and he loves us, and he's for us. And so if we go to our Father and we say to him, that, Lord, we, listen, we want to be all about your name. We want to be all about your kingdom and your will above everything else. Then we can ask him for everything we need to make that possible. We can be totally confident that our Father, who is not only the creator and the ruler over everything that you see, but he is also the one that owns it all. We can be confident that he has an endless supply of resources to take care of our needs. We can also be confident that our Father can do absolutely anything, that nothing is too hard for him. We walk into a hospital and receive a brand new heart. We can also be confident that he has an endless supply of power made available to us as his kids. Sometimes that's just supernatural stuff. Sometimes it's God-sized stuff that you just look back and you, we can't, you don't even have an explanation for it. Sometimes it just simply means that God's going to give us his power and strength to get us through some tough times that we're facing. So we can be confident knowing that, that when we pray prayers that are centered on God's kingdom, that God's going to be all about listening to us and he's going to be all about responding to us because we're praying for things that are not only going to be advancing his kingdom on earth, but we're also all about his kingdom in eternity. I love what Paul, Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8 about the confidence and trust that we can have in God. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? That's power. We have a resource, we have a God, we have a Father that allows us to call him Dad, who loves us with all of his heart, who wants us to be totally engaged into what he's doing. And he says, when you engage with me, I will jump in with you. What an amazing resource, what an amazing father, what an amazing life that he's given us. I want us to pray. Father, as we come to this moment of closing our time out, we want to be mindful of what you've called us, Lord, to do. To put your name above all other names to live to make your name holy. Father, you've called us, Lord, to focus on your kingdom, Lord, not just the kingdom that we look forward to in the future, but Lord, because we can pray for it, Lord, we can ask for your rule and reign to be here in the here and now. And Father, you've called us to take all of our desires and put them in front of your desires, in front of our desires, Lord. And when we do that, Lord, you make a promise to us you take care of my kingdom, you be about my kingdom, I'll take care of the needs in your kingdom. So Father, I pray, Lord, that your kingdom, that your power, your glory would be above everything else. And that in this lifetime, Lord, we would see things, Lord, that we can't even explain, that we'd see things, Lord, that are so God-sized, that we would experience them firsthand. And Lord, not that we would just experience them, but our kids would, would experience them as well that our grandchildren would see them. Lord, because we've learned to rely on you and to ask you for those things. Lord, there's such power in your name. There's such power in prayer. There's such power that we have. Lord, just simply being your children. 
And we thank you, Lord, for that power that's available to us today. We thank you, Lord, that you have not left us here on this earth just to wander and flounder around, Lord. You have given us, Lord, the confidence not only to walk in your name, Lord, but to be able, Lord, to walk with boldness and confidence into the throne room of grace, Lord, and to bring our requests and everything that we need, Lord, and place it down in front of you, Lord. And not only do we have a Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, that is praying and making our prayers understood, Lord, in ways that align ourselves with your kingdom, but we have Jesus, our advocate, who is praying constantly on our behalf, defending us, Lord, pushing Satan away. And Lord, we have a Father who asks us to call him Dad, who wants to have a personal relationship with us in in a very loving way, Lord. What a life that this is. And we pray, Father, as we leave this place, that we'll be mindful, Lord, of that strength that we have, that power that we have, found only in the name of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, Lord, given to us by God the Father, who asks us to call him Daddy. So, Daddy, thank you for this day. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and worship that. Let's stand and celebrate.